Hey guys, I wanted to welcome you all to the Best of Dree show. In this show, I'm going to be talking about my healing journey, my biblical journey, and some of the things that I've experienced in my life, all of the trauma and how I am slowly working to overcome those things. I'll also be talking about church hurt, relationships, businesses, and so much more. Um, I'm still working on a few kinks, but with those kinks being worked out, I would love to like just give you some guys, guys some brief background about myself. So I am a Detroit native. I'm a D girl, yay. And I am 30 great almost. I'll be 38 this year. Um, I am looking forward to 38, although last year at 37, I had a midlife crisis, but that's another story for another day. And I have two beautiful kids. My oldest son is 18 and my youngest son is 14. And I am a therapist. I do work with autistic children as well as I run two businesses. And I'm hoping this one will be a great profitable, profitable one. Um, I'm really excited about this journey. Um, I recently just broke off a 12 year relationship that I thought was going to be like the end all be all. There were some things that I just, you could not tell me that that relationship was not going to be um, result in marriage, but it did not. And now we're here and I am exploring a new relationship after being single for seven months. Um, during my seven months, I did sit down and I did take a celibacy break. Um, I did not do anything as far as sexually with anything or anyone. And when I say anything, I'm referring to toys, of course. I did not do anything with anyone. And I literally read my Bible, went to work, and I just kind of weeds, eased my way out of that situation because I was still staying in the same household with my ex. Um, one of the things that I want to stress is that the healing journey is not perfect. Healing is not linear. It is one of those things that are just like a roller coaster. Your mind will often play tricks on you during that journey. Um, you will start to question yourself, question your motives, question your ability or your inability to move forward. And I think that knowing that will make it a little bit more seamless for you. Um, you have to do the work. You have to be open to accountability. You have to be open to criticism. You have to be open to um, exploring new relationships and also letting relationships go. So, you know, some of my episode breakdowns will look like what it looks like to let go of friends of that ex, what it looks like to let that ex go, what it looks like to um, rediscover self because a lot of times in relationship, we do lose ourselves and it's hard to decipher what true self and true love looks like. Um, and, you know, one of the exciting things is kind of getting rid of that vision of what you want your new relationship to look like. You have to be open minded. Um, whatever portrait you have, I'm telling you right now, get rid of it because love works like God. It's like in mysterious ways. And a lot of times you can't decipher what that is going to look like for you. So I would say one of the 
best things that I've ever did was release control. I'm trying, I'm still working on that. But releasing control for me looked like welcoming, welcoming love, no matter what it looked like. As long as it felt good and it felt right and it felt right in the will of God, I was willing to, um, you know, welcome it. So again, this, I don't want to give you guys too much. This is just an introduction and I hope to have guests and I hope to welcome other women who are going through the same walks of life as I am and more to come. Bye. Hey guys, this is the best of Dree show. I am back and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, spiritual warfare. One of the things that I have been experiencing with spiritual warfare is basically for, well, let's start from the beginning. The first thing that I want to talk about is what the definition of spiritual warfare is. Um, In basic layman terms, spiritual warfare is when You have an angel on one side of your body and a devil on one side of your body, and they are both whispering things in your ear, and it becomes a little bit difficult to discern what is good and what is just versus what is not good and just. Um, One of the things you may also experience in that is a lot of anxiety. Um, Your anxiety is heightened, your flight or fight or however you say it, your fight flight is on and is on full throttle. So you may see people start to gravitate toward you more and they may be a little bit more, you know, just emotionally attached to you. And it becomes hard for you to just, you know, set aside time for yourself. You find yourself fighting other people's battles and you have to understand that those battles are not yours. They're for the Lord. Your own battles are not even yours. They are for the Lord. And the devil will play so many mind games. There will be lots of trickery, lots of uh, uh, visuals. There will be lots of just trauma coming up. The devil will always try to remind you of your past because he sees that the Lord is working for you. He sees that the Lord is working on you. So I just want you guys to understand that there is a weapon, a weapon that you can use to fight against the wills of the devil. And his plots and his plans are automatically canceled when you put on that armor of God. You put on the shield of righteousness and the breastplate of righteousness and you put on your feet. You allow your feet to walk in the light of God and you become somebody new scripture um i am in ephesians 4 and it talks about spiritual gifts um i have the nvj version of the bible feel free to use whatever version you're comfortable with but one of my uh this is how i kind of stay weaponed up and girded um it says when he ascended on high he led captivity captive And he gave gifts to men. God will give you gifts. And I'm so thankful for the gifts that I have. One of my gifts that I've always been very vocal about was my ability to read people. I feel like I have that gift because I'm able to kind of pick up on energy. 
And when I'm able to pick that energy up, it gives me better uh, discernment on if I should allow this person in, if this person is going to be a temporary version of themselves for me. Um, am I going to allow this person to come into my life and shake some things up? Or am I going to allow this person to come into my life and show me why they should not be there? Um, cause people will do that. People will come into your life and they will show you exactly why they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. You may not get that lesson for years, but you will get that lesson. And one of the things that I am learning also is to just give myself grace, even when people do me wrong. Um, last year, I definitely went through a storm. I felt like everything around me was crumbling in front of my face and I had no power to stop it. Um, I mentioned before in my introduction that I was in a 12-year relationship. That 12-year relationship had its ups and downs like every other relationship, so I'm not going to speak completely bad on it. But last summer... Me and my ex were going through some things and he told me after four months of his um, child's mother being pregnant that he hid that she was pregnant and that he was in a relationship with her. I was completely taken back because we had kind of thought that we were going to be in a space of this is just a seasonal thing. We were going to work it out, but it did turn out to be a very terrible situation. In the midst of him telling me that, guys, my I lost my father. I lost my father to congestive heart failure. And it was a sudden thing because my father had just gone through that four months earlier. And even with him going through that four months earlier, he still had the strength to live on. And we just kind of were blindsided. We lost him 20 days exactly before Christmas. And then my ex told me that he had conceived his daughter in February. And I was still living in the house. We, I was still living in the house. I was still conducting myself like I always conduct myself. So I was just taken back for some of the things that he was doing and saying because I could not believe that that's where we were. Um... So the day that he told me about his child, I went over to his house to grab some things. And in the midst of grabbing some things, you can tell that he was just kind of on a high horse. He was completely antagonizing me. He was completely rude to me. He wouldn't allow me to get my things in peace. He took my phone. He slammed it on the ground and broke it. And guys, before I knew it, we had turned what was supposed to be a peaceful exchange into a physical altercation. And I just remember looking at this man in his eyes and screaming so loud, I hate you. I don't think I've ever been that filled up. My stomach was full of knots. My heart was full. I literally released that and I said, I hate you. And I know hate is a strong word and it's, some, it's a word that's not of God and that we're not supposed to use, but that it's just the raw emotion I had at that moment. It was liberating to say, to let him know, I hate you. I hate what you're doing. I hate how you're acting. 
This man was literally treating me like we had not spent 12 years together. It was like we had, it was literally like he did not know me. And I had never felt so defeated. I've had times in my life where I felt defeated, but this was pure defeat. It was like, just, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I couldn't, I'm sorry, guys. I couldn't understand why this was happening to me. So I ended up sleeping at a friend's house. And during that transition is when I started pouring more and more and more to God. But I'm going to tell you something funny. One thing I noticed is that the more I tried to save that last relationship, the more God pulled it apart. He revealed, he removed, he revealed, he removed, he revealed, he removed. And he didn't just reveal and remove him. He revealed and removed a lot of people. It was like he literally took me out. He pruned me. He removed every bad apple from my tree, and he even had me deal with me. So in this season, I was put to deal with myself. And that is hard because I looked at myself as like, wow, you really can't victimize or villainize. You really can have a harder goal or you can have a harder cold. You really have said some things out of your mouth that are just deplorable and I felt like a horrible person and that's what led to a lot of self-sabotaging and depression and anxiety um I had anxiety about losing friends I had anxiety about moving out here I had anxiety about just being alone but I remember a really good friend of mine told me that God was going to take me to a city and he was going to drop me there And I think that this is where it's at. God is taking me to a city and he has dropped me here. And I've been able to explore the Lord more than I've ever had in that last city, which, you know, city equals house. I've been able to explore the Lord more than I ever had in that last situation. Now, since I'm seeing somebody who's seeking the Lord with me and no, he's not like well versed in the Lord, like. But who's to say he isn't, you know, he don't, he doesn't speak how I speak, but that doesn't mean he don't know more than I know. So I'm learning to be the student, whereas I've always been the teacher. And I think it's feeling great to know that I can listen because that's been my lesson this whole time is for me to be quiet and learn to listen. So I just wanted to jump on here and give you guys that word, give you guys that wisdom to say, hey, you can be the student. There's so many perks in being the student and learn to listen to what God is trying to tell you. Learn to listen to where God is trying to take you. Learn that God is not always punishing you. He's showing you a situation so he can pivot you and just constantly pray. You have to pray that the devil does not win because he will full on attack you if you're not girding in the truth. So I want to give you guys the weaponry. Um, You have to have a girded waist of truth. You have to have a breastplate of white righteousness. You have to have your feet with preparation of the gospel and peace. You have to have a shield of faith. And that helps to block the fiery darts of the wicked one. You have to take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the spirit. And you just have to pray and thank the Lord. You have to thank the Lord for everything that he is doing, everything that he is going to do. But most importantly, you have to thank the Lord for keeping you so you can keep seeking him because that's what he wants. He wants us to build that intimacy. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to sow our seeds. He wants us to fellowship. He wants us to be in community. He wants us to do things that are great. He doesn't expect perfection, people. That is where I get caught up the most, trying to do everything in the great light of God and not realizing that I am still human and that I am going to mess up. But God is here and he is giving me mercy. He is giving me grace. And I have to say that I am thankful for this prayerful life that I have now. I'm thankful that I don't put myself in situations where I'm constantly being ridiculed. I'm thankful that I don't put myself in situations where I'm constantly being scrutinized. And I just pray that everybody who is going through a dark season, that they come out and they come out so much stronger. I pray that you are covered by the blood and that you are able to rebuke loose, bind, cast out, and just get rid of those spirits. Don't tap into anything that you're not supposed to get into. Don't open any doors that you're not supposed to open. And any fruit that has fallen from your tree, you let that die. And if God wants to rebring that back for you, he will, but don't rush it. In the name of Jesus, I hope that you guys are able to forgive those who have hurt you and that those are have forgiven you too. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey guys, this is the Best of Dree show. And I really just wanted to have like a really transparent moment where I talk about God. Um... If you follow my Best of Dree account, you'll see that I often repost um, very transparent confessionals, especially from this one Instagrammer. She's super dope. Her voice is dope. Her name is Daughter. Um, it's D-A-H-T-E-R. And you'll see her sitting often in front of a camera. And in front of the camera, she's like, talking to it looks like she's talking to someone but she's usually just talking straight to the camera and she's completely vulnerable which is what I love and what I hope to reach in this podcast um over the next few years I hope to be doing this for a while but I really hope to reach a level of vulnerability um, to the point where I don't I don't look at judgment. I don't look at perfection. I don't seek perfection. I really want to talk to you guys like you're my God friends, like you're my besties, like you're my community. And just know that I may have some grammatical errors. I mean, I was a uh, English AP uh, student for so long, but you know, players mess up, players fuck up. And that I may do a lot of mm, like that. And if you don't like that, you know, that's how I talk. That's how I talk to my friends, you know. But anywho, what prompted me to make this podcast was just learning how to talk to God on a different level. Learning how to seek him in ways that I've never seeked him before. 
And this morning she put up a a confessional where she said she just felt like she wanted to be God's place of rest. And I immediately jumped to the comments just to get some different perspective on it. But I did understand what she was saying. What if God is that strong friend that we never check on? What if God was that friend that every time we look, we're asking, we're seeking, we're hoping, we want to put all our burdens on him. The Bible does say that, you know, bring all your burdens. If you're weary, bring them to me and I will give you true rest. That is what scripture says. But what if we become a place of rest for him? What if we become the people that he comes to and says, hey, I'm really I'm really shaken up. I'm really triggered. I'm really tired. I'm really. And I know he's not a person just for those who might say like, hey, he's not a person and whatever, you know, whatever you think he is. But what if in your mind and in your spiritual room, he is. He's the one, he's the husband you've been praying for. He's the father you've been seeking. He's the cousin who you long to have a cousinship with. He's, what if he's that person? He's your person. I know in my life, he's my person. He's my everything. And I try to make him the center of everything. I try to make him the center of my business. I try to make him the center of my relationships, my friendships, my job, my career path. Like, I want him to be the one that I draw into when I need something. I don't want to be able to draw into human perspective because the Bible also says, watch the worldly advice that you follow. He doesn't want us leaning into the world, but I mean, we live here, so it's hard not to. And what if God gets exhausted? What if God is one of those people or one of those friends who you tell him something, you constantly complain about it, you keep going back to it, and then he gets frustrated and says, you know what, to hell with it. Like, you're going to keep going back. You're going to keep doing what you feel is best. You won't allow my will to play out. So this is why you're, you're hurting. What if God was just tired of everybody's shit. It's just something to think about. It's no different from us constantly pulling and tugging at our friends, but never checking to see, hey, are you okay? Did you eat today? Um, you know, just anything. We never check. Sometimes we're just bad friends. Sometimes we just, we're so caught up in our own shit that we don't think anyone else needs anything else. Sometimes we're just really fucking selfish. And that hurts my heart to know that I sometimes look at God like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm lacking so much. But I have so much to be grateful for. I have a job that I can cover my rent. I have a man who pays my my bills, you know, and we take care of each other. I have a great family structure. I have a family that are in good health. I have some family that are not in so 
so much good health. However, they are striving to be better. There are so many different ways we can look at this situation and we can not align ourselves with the negative, but we choose to do it because a lot of times we like the pity party. We like people to gather around us and say, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, we like enabling. We like to be enabled. And I think that I think that God sometimes is like that strong friend that finally stands up for himself for himself and is like, I'm not going to fucking enable you anymore. If this is the bed that the path that you want to walk, the bed that you want to wake up in, then so be it. But don't continue to get mad at me and rely on me when you're doing shit that you know is going to compromise your mental health. Draw me further from you. Because again, God's not going to stand through us just doing messed up things. He's going to go away from us. He's going to say, hey, he's negative. I'm going to disassociate myself. And yes, God will disassociate himself. God will say, get away from me. I never knew you. Because there will be a day where we all stand and we all go in front of him and he replays our life and our life of events in front of us. And in those moments, he will be very vulnerable. He'll be vulnerable and let us know, hey, you hurt me too. You did not draw close to me when I tried to get close to you. When you asked me for help, I sent a lifeboat. You, It wasn't the kind of lifeboat you wanted, so you pushed it away. When you asked me to sing you a husband, he wasn't the tall, dark, and handsome husband. He wasn't what you wanted, but he was what you needed, and you messed that up. God does know that we mess up a lot, and Although he's a very graceful God, and I thank God for that every day, that he's very graceful. He's very merciful. There are some instances where God is just like, I can't spend too much time over here with you until you want to be the change and and be the change that you want to see. I am going to back the fuck up. Plain and simple. But I think it's important for us to understand, too, that God does not want that relationship dynamic with us. He doesn't want to be a teeter-totter. He doesn't deserve to be. He's so beautiful and merciful, and he's gracious towards us, and he gives us chance after chance after chance after chance. It's like we're the toxic relationship that he does not want, but he tolerates it because he loves us. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for each and every time that I thought you weren't going to show up. I thank you for being so delicate with me and teaching me how to be delicate with myself and teaching me how to draw into you and teaching me how to love you, Lord. I ask that you continue to bless each and every listener of my podcast, my community, my God friends. And I ask that anyone who is going through it, and if you have a heavy heart, go to God and ask him to lean into you as you would to him. 
That way you can learn how to build that trust and that intimacy. Guys, I will talk to you on my next episode. And I hope that you have a blessed and beautiful and loving day. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Best of Dree Show. I have been still working on this platform. It's not perfect, but I hope that the content that I am bringing you guys is going to be helpful in your everyday lives. And it's going to help you to discern certain situations. So it's just my testimony. It's not perfect, but hey, you guys are my guy friends. So who else am I going to talk to about these things? One of the topics that I wanted to talk about today was friends and knowing when someone is your friend versus knowing when someone is using you for your energy. I recently cut off a friend group. I've cut off at least two friend groups in the last year and a half. And one of the reasons why I did that was because I realized that the intentions that I had for those people were not the same intentions that they had for me. I realized that there was a lot of deceit, manipulation, lies, um, just lots of drama that was associated with those groups of people. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I did play a role in some of that stuff. But I feel like the more the closer I got to the Lord, the more I started to really take my blinders off about certain friends. Um, one of the situations in particular was when me and my ex broke up. I just kind of felt like the group of friends that I had had kind of shied away from me and were not there for me, but they were a little bit more there for him and, you know, trying to kind of hear his side of things and just being a little bit more lenient towards him, even though what he did to me was really messed up. Um, And I just didn't know how to take that. I felt like, how could you guys sit there and watch everything that I went through and then turn around and pat him on the back? Like, turn around and just empathize with him. And when, and it hurt me more because one of the girls was really like a sister to me. And it's like she disappeared. It's like she would dump all of her crap on me and him for the last few years when she broke up with her boyfriend and then she turned around and decided to protect her peace when it was happening to me and I felt like that shit was not fair I felt like that was some of the most deceitful shit you can do because no matter if I wanted to hear your stuff or not I still was there for you I still was there for you despite whatever whatever you're you were going through I was there and I don't feel like I got that back. So, you know, with that being said, I sat with self and I started to realize more and more and more that the people that I called friends were not acting very friend-like. And I'm not saying that you're supposed to agree with everything that I say or you're supposed to, you know, take full account of what I'm going through, but just show up as my friend, show up 
for me the way I was showing up for you. Sorry, I'm kind of dimming the volume on some things, but show up like I was showing up for you. Be that friend that I was for you, listening to you cry, praying with you, showing you to my therapist, showing you to my church, taking you in every room of opportunity that I had. There was not an opportunity that I had that you didn't have. Introducing you to my friends, introducing you to my family, like just everything. You know, and I might sound a little bit of, I might have some ego, I will give I will say that sometimes I can appear very egotistical, but I'm not being malicious with it. I really feel this way. And I know the Lord is dealing with me. He's dealing with me on forgiveness. He's dealing with me on being forgiven. Because like I said, I'm not perfect. I've done some things that are not very friend-like either. But it sincerely hurt me. And it's hurting, it still hurts today. And the reason why it still hurts today, even now, is because I'm walking into new chapters. I'm I'm walking into chapters of, you know, marriage and possible babies and traveling and buying a house. I'm making some, and even new businesses, I'm making some big moves. And the people that I thought would be a part of that journey are no longer going to be a part of that. And that could be one of those you know, we always say everybody can't go, but what if the people that can't go are the people that helped you climb from the pits? What if the people who can't go are the people who saw you at your lowest and now they don't get to experience you at your highest? What if the people who can't go are the people who stabbed you in your back when all you did was take knives out of theirs? Is is really hurting. It's really hurtful. It's really demeaning. And it just doesn't make you feel valued as a person. And that's one of my pet peeves, honestly. My pet peeve is that if I show up for you, I expect for you to show up for me. I don't expect you to fully reciprocate what I'm giving, but I expect something. Um, and I think no, and nobody's in friendship because they expect bare minimum from the friendship. Everybody's in friendship to get something out of it. Whether it's an opportunity, whether it's a shoulder, whether it's prayer, whether it's money, like whatever it is, everybody is in friendship to get something out of it. And I felt like I, you know, I'm not going to say I completely walked away with nothing. But I don't have that sisterhood. And because of it turning out the way it turned out, it's hard for me to make friends. It's not hard for me to make friends because I can't. It's hard for me to make friends because I don't trust. And I'm trying not to do that because my trust shows up in so my distrust shows up in so many different ways. It shows up in friendship and it shows up in relationship. And I'm trying not to be that way. I'm trying not to place that burden on everybody else. I'm trying not to drag that trauma with everybody else. I'm I'm trying not to, but it's so hard when that's what you've seen thus far. And sometimes because of that, I hate making new friends. I don't like inviting 
people into spaces where I was trying so hard not to invite them into. I don't like when sometimes my mind works. It just works against me sometimes. And I don't like feeling like, oh, I told you so, Andrea. I knew this wasn't going to work out. I'm one of those people that overthink a situation so much that when it does manifest, I I literally sit there like, well, I already thought that. And that's fucked up. That's a fucked up way to think. That's a fucked up way to live. That's It's just not, it's not good. It's not good for my mental. It's not good for their mental. It's like I'm constantly on edge waiting for disappointment. And I no longer want to feel like that. So one of the things that I want to work on is learning to trust with my whole heart and not expecting the worst of things. I want to basically learn to be positive about an entire situation before I think of the negative. I want to learn not how, you know, how not to read too deep into things. I want to learn how to build healthy friendships and 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 keep those friendships sacred. I want to learn not how not to overshare. I want to learn how to be vulnerable. I want to learn how to feel safe. I want to learn how to feel love. I want some a friend to love me just as much as I love them. Because if you're my friend, I'm not going to let people hurt you. I'm not going to let anybody come against you. I'm not going to let make you feel like you're the only one. I literally am my, that friend that goes through shit with you. But I also need that in return. I'm not saying I'm looking for a pity party. I'm just looking for a space where you can tell me the truth but still be there for me at the same time. And not be so busy trying to be in the know of what other people are doing when they are no real benefit to you in the first place. That is insanity to me. So while I'm learning to forgive, I also want the Lord to bring me genuine people. I want to know that my friendship, because a lot of times we don't pray about our friends. We pray about our relationships but we should also be praying about the people that we call friends too. A lot of times we should be looking at them first. So I want to know what you guys feel like, if you guys feel the same way I feel, if you've had a friend that you feel like completely have betrayed you, how did you handle it? I just want you guys to sound off and I want us to learn from each other. I want us to build each other up. I want a strong community. And, you know, I think we can build that here. This is a safe space. Check in next week with me, and I am going to be talking about more relationships. And I want to go I want to go deep in the Bible a little bit and just talk about some of the things that I've been reading in the Bible and share that with you guys as well. Talk to you soon. Bye.